podcast for all those involved in designing, developing and running websites on a daily basis. My name's Paul Boag and we have no Marcus this week but we have Lee instead. Hello, I'm a stand-in. Don't mind me. Well, <laughs> well, you you so far are doing a terrible job. I'm just pressing buttons. You're what? being far too fussy You're about ex- the qu- audio quality. You're just expecting me to walk in here, work out all this works, yeah, make well, it all happen. I, I just expect, <laughs> people are interchangeable in my mind. <laughs> I'm the centre of the universe. <laughs> That's how I was feeling. Going, you should just know how to do this. You've never done it before. Make exactly. it work. Yeah, make I'm it. I'm waiting. Make it work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and have you made it work? I have made it work. See, my com- my confidence in your ability has enabled yeah. you to achieve the impossible. Yeah, yeah, it really enabled me. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't just slow me down at all. So Marcus is on holiday. He is, lucky thing. I know. Lovely. Where is he? Do you know? He Cape... kept going on about somewhere or he other. He told you. I've heard him tell you on I the show. I don't, yeah, but I'm not interested. And you sounded all interested, but you just weren't listening. No, really. I don't listen, really. Uh, Cape Verde, wasn't it? Cape Verde, that's which, it. Which is described as a sand dune sticking out of the sea. Right. Which sounds quite nice. Still not going to be as nice as the Maldives. Of course not. But Nothing a, is. But, um... Um, a, a, not a budget option, a fraction of the a fraction of the cost. Yes, yeah, but it's still very nice. When did uh, when did you you must have another holiday coming up? You go away every five minutes to somewhere, I, but you never take a relaxing holiday. Your holiday's always like going through Mumbai or, or this time. Yeah, um, only yesterday did I manage to book a train from Kuala Lumpur to Singapore. See, that's not relaxing, <laughs> which I've been waiting to do for about a month. Yeah, um, but yesterday I discovered something else that the accommodation for the second week I don't think I ever confirmed. Ah. And now I'm trying to email people on a little island in Malaysia. Going, have you got my booking? Um, <laughs> they haven't replied, and I'm a bit tense today. Ah, okay. Well, that's good then. Well done, you. <laughs> Fool! I, I read it yesterday thinking, oh, you were supposed to send this back. What, with a signature? Oh, no. <laughs> you know how you skim things? Oh, yeah. Preserved, See, right, that's right. what happens. Oh, that that half-assed attitude I of know. yours, Lee, come back to bite uh, you. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's something. Let me, let me cheer you up. Cheer me up. Cheer you up. I'm going to cheer you up. My book's out, Lee. <laughs> oh, it's I out. feel so much better. I know. I knew you would do. Have you got one here? No. I haven't got the physical copies yet. They're still being printed. Right. But the emails, uh, the ebook is out, and you can get it at boagworld.com forward slash season forward slash eight. Because oh, I'm not giving you a free copy, Lee. You're going to have to buy one yourself. Well, I have technically read it. You so have listened to it. So, but I would like to see the pictures. You listened I... to it. Yeah, I told you this last oh, time. Oh, yes, yeah. with the robotic yeah, Kindle robot voice. voice. I yeah, forgot. Yeah, but it kept telling me the page number every time. You um, can have a proper physical copy when I, I get like one. I like that because I very, I very much like the cover. I very, know. Very pretty. So beautifully designed. So much better than that. When I, when, I, when I wrote a blog post about this, uh, um, about the book coming out, I actually said, 
I was really quite disappointed with my previous book because it looked shit. Did but- you do that cover? <laughs> so that, that two things weren't supposed to go together, but I was looking. At, it was on my shelf. I saw it only yesterday, and I thought that's a funny old drop shadow on the spine of the text. I thought that looks like something Paul would do. No. <laughs> I gave, it was supposed to be based on the headscape site of the time. Ah, uh, okay. So they, which took, they be, took the lead of the style from... Just, which I didn't design, by the way. That was um, Mez's design, I think. Oh, I wow. can't remember. Anyway, I, all I know is that it was it, horrible. It was and it brown. wasn't just that. It was all the inside of it. And this, this one's going to be... It's hardback. Oh, and it's ooh, beautifully hardback. designed. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's lovely. Brilliant. For only $24. $24. For the uh, the hardback book and the ebook bargain. I'd say that was a good deal. I would say it's an amazing deal. <laughs> I'm saying the right things. Yes, you are. Well done. <laughs> so I'm really excited. But what, the, the, this is more than just a sales pitch. Not a lot more than a sales pitch. <laughs> what more is it than a sales well, pitch? Well, not only do you get no. Um, it's like, I love those infomercials where they do that. Where they use that, that thing of... Um, the fact that we judge the value of something based on a frame of reference. So, um, you know, you judge um, whether a laptop is expensive or not based on other laptops you bought in the yeah, past. Yeah. So what they do on infomercials, I don't know whether you notice well, when, this. When you say infomercial, what do you mean? You know, those American kind of um, uh, TV channels, which are all just ads, you well, know, shop, shopping, well, channels. shopping channels. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, yeah. And what they do on that, which is really clever is they set you up with a, this costs nineteen ninety nine or whatever, yeah. right? And what they then do is they say, this costs nineteen ninety nine, but you get this too, and this, and this. Right, yeah, And yeah. so that kind of changes your mental model, and you think, oh, that's a really good value, because, for, you know, for the basic thing, for nineteen ninety nine, that was about right, but now I'm getting all these other things as well. So, but actually, that doesn't work at all for this, now I think about it, because I'm giving this away free to everybody even if you haven't bought the book, which is I've produced a 20-minute little video. Actually, if people, Have you keep, watched? if people keep adding things to the product I was going to buy, I start thinking, oh, it's probably crap then, if they can add all that as well. Um, too many, but yeah, PDF, gone too far. digital, it's a bit different. Cause yeah, because you know, there's no cost to Essentially, digital. it's free. Yes. <laughs> so, well, free to yeah. manufacture. Free to give away. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I've produced a little um, video, 20-minute presentation. Have you seen it? Introduction uh, to digital. Do you know, your, your video so video rich at the moment. I'm not sure I have I have seen got it a bit not. carried away. Um, maybe I haven't. <laughs> Introduction to digital adaptation. It's, it, I'm really pleased with that. <laughs> this is so sad. I've become obsessed with producing videos. Have you? Can you tell? Uh, I've noticed a, a stream of productions coming out. I yeah. know. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. No, it's a lot more visual. Yeah. It's obviously it's more visual, but it's more interesting. I've, I did listen to the kind of recorded versions of the podcasts. Yes, because this and that was easy because you recorded versions of the podcast. What sorry, do you mean? The, sorry, your, the actual blog of the blog posts. posts. Yeah, because I don't yeah. like reading. I know. I it's great. To listen. So I'm really into these little short videos. They're fun to do, yeah. and I think they're more engaging. Definitely. And anyway, so I've done a 20-minute presentation about what what the book is all about. But it's what I've designed it for really is something you can give to colleagues and clients, people uh-huh. who don't get it. Right, okay. Don't get it, whatever it is. Right. What, so they will see this video they'll and they'll be they, inspired. They will, they will, it will be like a road to Damascus experience for them. Uh-huh. <laughs> they will see the light... And they will suddenly realise that... We they... need 200 copies for everybody. No, no. It's not about the book. It's, oh. about, it's about that they will see the light and they will see how important you are as a web professional. Oh, okay. Well, uh, 
I'm the salt and buy the book. <laughs> so yeah, good. I'm really excited about that. So that's good. What else we got? To, we got any other waffle? Marcus normally drags um, this out for hours. He does. I'm, I'm just starting to think: Am I recording? So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm quite keen to stop just to check. That just I to check. No, let's keep going. Let's talk about really important no. things, <laughs> and that I won't be able to remember. I think if we, we should do that again. after the break. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so the audio recorded it then. did record, yeah. Well done, Lee. It was just trying to scare me. <laughs> You're not allowed to end a section. Only I get to do that. You just took control. I did, I did. You're power hungry. It's because I've got the buttons. Shall I... Perhaps you ought to just do this podcast by yourself. Shall I just go and get a drink or something? I, um, I didn't toy with the idea of starting a podcast. It was just I like, think you'd be quite good at that. Just actually. that lack of content which was holding me up. To be really. honest, I would quite happily get rid of Marcus and replace him with you. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Yeah. Marcus is useful. Because halfway through most of the podcasts that I do with him, he, he's sitting there doing emails and stuff. <laughs> it's because he's really, so relaxed. He's not in the groove. No, it a, means he doesn't. he's not engaged with the show in any way. <laughs> <laughs> he would at this point be trying to find a joke. He would be, yes. He says looking to find a joke. Uh, no, you don't have to do that bit. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. That's all right. I've got, I've got a plan right. yeah, with that. You're going to do a comedy routine? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer people to Michael McIntyre. But we'll come to that later. <laughs> okay. So, what we're talking about this week is that I have come to believe that the the most important role for us as web professionals is to educate our clients and our colleagues and our stakeholders right Mm -hmm. even more than building websites and the reason the logic behind this is that i don't think if you look at digital and you look at the progression of digital Mm -hmm. um we've got to get to a point where businesses are digitally savvy they understand the power of digital they're using it everybody's using it every day in much the same way as we all use electricity right yep so if that is the ultimate objective then our job has to be to educate the client okay does that make sense yeah yeah so what i have done this week is we're going to look at two blog posts one is about um, how to how to educate clients, and the second one is what we need to be educating them about. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So the first blog post I've um, I've entitled in the, in in the podcast in the show notes how to educate your clients and colleagues. On the blog post, however, I called it the ten most important things you're probably failing to do. Yeah. Which, as people pointing out. And spotted because my my listeners and what, readers are clever people. Were there not ten? That no, they spotted. <laughs> no, there were ten. Okay, but they spotted a that that is outrageous link bait. Uh huh. Well, I don't understand that term, well, link bait. You've tried to make it sound interesting. Why, why is that wrong? I don't. Never, I don't get that. Sorry, I should have made it sound really boring. Well, this is it's, it's, this it's, is the debate that's been having, and I've actually been doing. A, I've just written a post on it, which is coming out very soon. What's the title? <laughs> um, why I used link bait and why I've stopped. That's link bait itself, then. So it's no, a, it's not. I don't think that title. I is don't link know bait. when. I don't actually know when something link is. bait. Link bait typically is stuff that. Um, is purposely designed to elicit linking, sharing, or clicking. 
but, right? But but what is it lying or what? Well, yeah, this is this is the the disagreement, right? There are some people that see this as just another marketing tool. Yeah. You know, you you write compelling headlines, yeah. and there are other people that see it as like tabloid sensationalist writing. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I've done an experiment. <laughs> and for the last few months, I have been running link bait headlines to see if they actually work and have what the impact really? of them. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Three months now. Oh, wow. I've been running titles like the 10 most important things you're probably failing to do. Right. Knowing damn well that they're link bait. So what's the non-link bait version of that? The non-link bait version is what I was talking about. Um, how to educate your clients and colleagues. Oh, okay. Right. So, right. so I think it's, it's, it's really an argument about whether you design a headline specifically to grab people's attention and pull them in, or whether you write a headline that clearly describes the content of the post. Because yep. I, I think yep. where LinkBrain, I think, gets into dangerous territory is where you fail to deliver your promise. Yes, the 10 greatest things that will change your life forever. Yes. And then it's 10 totally boring facts yeah. which you're probably already doing I, and, and for example the 10 most important things you're probably failing to do yeah, well that could be spend, as someone pointed out on Twitter spend more time with my children yes. could fall into that category it's you know get it's, out of bed yeah <laughs> so I've done some experimentation with link bait uh-huh. um, and the conclusion that I've got it's quite interesting this isn't a tool <laughs> what's he talking about um, so, so what really interesting yes it does cause a spike in traffic uh-huh but over time, it's like the boy that cried wolf. Right. What you mean for people coming back to look at other posts? Yeah, they they, they got you sussed. They got uh, you sussed pretty right. quick. And actually, I think it is. It people started reacting to it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not stupid, no. and they know what you're doing. Um, so overall, I think it's probably more damaging than it is good. Right. Yes, it caused a spike. But interestingly, even when it caused a spike, it didn't increase engagement. So there weren't more people commenting. They weren't completing my newsletter sign up. It was just traffic that came in. Tra- it was almost a bit like viral marketing campaigns, create a huge yeah. amount of traffic, but no real yeah. Connection to your like a your, your brand might grab your attention, yeah. but you wouldn't buy the paper. Yeah, yeah. Of, your you, audience is more intelligent than that. So yeah, you, yeah, you don't need to do exactly empty things like that. But so it's quite interesting. So I'll link in the show notes to the blog post I wrote about why I'm not doing link bait anymore. But anyway, that's a, uh-huh. l- l- I think that will be out hopefully by the time this podcast. I get very confused with scheduling. Does my head <laughs> in? Anyway, what we're talking about. Is um, things that you should be doing to educate your clients and colleagues, but right. are probably not. Right. So, so uh, the principle is that as web professionals, it's our job to educate our colleagues and management. Um, we don't see it as our job, but I think it's probably the most important thing we do. So, and clients don't necessarily see it as what they're paying for. No. They don't. But I think it's what we should be doing for clients because yeah. ultimately, clients are paying for a good website. Um, and a website will only be good if the client has the skills to maintain it, develop it, evolve it. Mm-hmm. So whether they are consciously paying for it or not, it's something we should be doing. So what I've written out in this blog, um, in this um, post that I posted on Boeing World is 10 things that I think we could be doing to help educate clients, right? And not just clients, but if we're working as internal teams, it applies in either mm-hmm. way. First is a newsletter. 
I, I'm amazed that more organizations, organizational web teams are not writing newsletters for their own team. You, no doubt, subscribe to my wonderful newsletter. I do. And is it not the highlight of your week? Um, it's a Friday afternoon little treat, isn't it? <laughs> oh, there's Paul again. What's he been doing? All right. <coughs> but it's quite, it's nicely written. It's always kind of short and snappy. Thank so, you. you know. Uh, it's different every week. It is. <laughs> so, I, I, I like having you on the show. You're much more complimentary, even though there is that undertone of sarcasm. <laughs> and I'm never entirely sure whether you are actually being nice to me of or not. Of course I am. It's all totally genuine. <laughs> yeah. So I find newsletters a great way of communicating what's cool online, what you've been doing. You can highlight things that the competition maybe have been doing well. Mm-hmm. Um and what you can learn from those, you can talk to about the, if you're, this is if you're an internal web team, you could be talking, I'm sending an email out that talks about the weaknesses of the companies and what digital can do to address them. And I just think by putting it in people's inboxes, you ensure that your colleagues and don't forget to kind of focus on digital at least once a week or however often your newsletter goes out. So I think newsletters are a really good way because there's something about people's email inboxes where they give it far more attention than they will a blog post or whatever else. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you never read. You never read my newsletters, well, do you? Well, they're, I'm hurt. they're very short, I'm hurt. so they're very easy to kind of skim over. Yeah, well, that's what you got to do. You've got to keep yeah. it short, and you keep it chatty, short, chatty in yeah. your face. Yeah, but you can do a blog as well. Why do why? You know, because I can understand if you work for a fairly large organisation, sending a newsletter out to everybody may be inappropriate because mm, yeah. it could be spammy. Yeah, but again, it depends on the nature. If it's short and brief, yeah, I guess. Um, and po- links off to the posts in the blog, which is what yours does. Yes. So I think a blog's blog should be. I don't understand why more organisations are not internally blogging, even if it's not like public to the world. Why they're not doing something, you know? Why you know a, a web team is not trumpeting good digital because practice? They don't have bloody time. That's why. <laughs> but then I look back at when when I started Boag World. I used to write it in the evenings. Sorry yeah. to be harsh. And then once it had proved its worth... I think a lot of organisations, you kind of... It might be seen as you're wasting your time, like, writing this stuff. Yeah. Because you're supposed to be doing a proper job. I know, but then that's what you've got to be challenging, yeah. isn't it? And you, you have to say, but I wrote it in the evening. In the post. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of understood. But I kind of think... I think it's something we need to challenge. We need to challenge this idea that as web professionals, we are just implementers. We're not implementers. We should be educators. We should be making digital ubiquitous across our organizations and that involves doing things like newsletters and blogs and stuff like that yeah um of course if you have a blog you've got to promote it internally within your organization or with your clients or wherever else without being annoying without being annoying (laughs) which is is difficult you have to do it really subtly like i do (laughs) i'm very understated about the way that i promote my work like my new book that's available at barrackworld.com forward slash season forward slash (laughs) eight Um, running surveys, that's another good one. I know that sounds weird, right? Because a survey is for gathering information. But sometimes a survey is a good way of getting your colleagues' attention. By asking someone for their opinion, mm-hmm. you get their attention. Yeah. So a survey can be a great way of focusing people's attention on a specific issue. And even leading their thinking on a subject 
with carefully worded questions. So, for example... I was going to say, did you give any examples? Yeah. What about, um, let's say, as an organisation, we wanted... You, you wanted your web team wanted to increase awareness in your organization about users needs Mm -hmm. right to think about the user so you could send a survey out asking people internally about what they think user requirements are right right? Mm -hmm. now people might actually not actually know and they might not be the best qualified people to be answering that question but by asking them you're getting them thinking about users do you see what I mean? By the actual yeah. act of asking. Yeah. And also, if you ask the right questions, you're getting them thinking in the right way about users. Ooh, it's all psychological, isn't it? I know, I know it's psychological <laughs> yeah. and devious, <laughs> but it does actually work. So if you say to, um, you know, to your users, do you, uh, sorry, to, to your stakeholders and colleagues or clients mm-hmm. or whatever, um, do you think that client, uh, do you think that our users are aware that we offer this particular thing when you know damn well that they're not aware, then it draws to your attention of your colleagues this particular issue. Do you see what I mean? Leading questions. start thinking about it. Yes, exactly. So a survey's a weird thing because a survey, a lot of people think a survey's for collecting information. Mm. And yes, that is what it's meant for. But it can also be used as a way of leading questions. Mm. You know, it's like leading the witness. You can kind of... It's very clever. I'd never have thought of that. No. <laughs> a lot of people criticised me for having that one in. Oh, right, why? But that's because they only read the headline uh, and they didn't read the whole was it, thing. Was, of the headline of that uh, particular In the blog section. post. Yeah, they were going down, oh, yes, newsletters, right, blogs, yes. Running a survey, that's not a way of engage, you know, educating people. That's a way of collecting information. I've, I've seen very good evidence that people don't actually read the words, they the don't. small words. No, they don't. Big word, big word, big word. Yeah. I won't be this small. It's rant. Yes. <laughs> but you know, that's what I'm going to start doing. But then I got criticised for that. Just before we started recording this podcast, I announced on Twitter that I'm yeah. intending to make all my blog posts much shorter, down to, you know, kind of three minutes to read was what I was thinking. Because right. people are so... Re- and like you just said, they go headline, headline, headline. And I got criticised for that. Do Dumbing spend, down. Do people even spend three minutes reading? Well, them? yeah, exactly. That's quite a long time, <laughs> yeah. I thought. So, but I think if you make, I would prefer to make one point very clearly and concisely and succinctly, which people actually read, rather than half a dozen points where people are only reading the headlines and not getting the whole feeling, uh, thing of it. Yeah, like, um, yeah, extrapolated kind of tweet. Yes. goes into more detail. Yes. And that's my problem with blogging. I and mean, that's what blogs were. They were kind of short and sweet. Yeah, and they've got longer and they've yeah. become articles. I, and... I started writing one. Well, yeah, it becomes like an article. And I'm yeah. approaching how you might write for a magazine. You think it doesn't have to be... No. Thoroughly... Re- well, research is good to a point. But, you know, it's not like a piece of... I'm not saying that... In-depth journalism. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't... That there isn't a place mm. for that. Absolutely yeah. there is. Um, and I suspect I will write longer pieces, mm-hmm. but I'll probably write those for things, places like Smashing Magazine or E-Consultancy. Yeah, the day-to-day blogging yeah. is shorter and sweeter. Yeah. And, yeah. Especially when I'm going to do the videos. The videos need to be short and yeah. sweet. And it all ties together in a wonderful ecosystem of loveliness. <laughs> but I tell you, going back to how we got onto this, which is the oh, fact yeah. that people just read the headline, yeah, yeah. Re- uh, run a survey. The best example of that is a post that I wrote ages ago, which were um, is... The 10 things a web designer will never tell you, right? right. Link in the show notes. 
and it's a spoof post. Oh, yeah, that, that's the one that I had in my mind as well. And yeah. it's so funny because it, it's basically what I did is I took all practice, for, uh, good yeah. practice for web design <laughs> and turned it on its head. Yeah. So I've got one in there which is um, only people only use Internet Explorer, don't mm-hmm. bother testing in other browsers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the number of people that just read the headlines and I say very prominently this is a spoof post but people and then they rant at me in the comments the comments are the funniest thing if you've got two minutes either your titles are too big or your body for text is too small they obviously can't read it so funny they've all adjusted to your massive headlines massive (laughs) I believe in contrast between your body text and your headlines it should be I noticed that <laughs> I, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't looked at that actually. In the I design that a, Ed and Lee are doing, Dan, Dan, I'm Lee. Hello, you're Lee. Paul. Hello. I just, <laughs> three hours sleep last night. Really? Yeah. My son was ill. Oh, yeah. You said something about that. Yeah. I didn't read it. You didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Saw the headline. Anyway, so we need to keep going through this list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, to arrange some stakeholder interviews, exactly the same principle as a survey, right? If you want to educate people, mm. ask them their opinion, get them talking. That's quite a brave thing to be asking, isn't it? What? Arranging to talk with your colleagues? Stakeholders, what, like the company, CEO? and No, not necessarily. Well, yes, if you can get them. Yeah. But you don't need to start with that no. if you're intimidated by the company <laughs> CEO. Although, to be frank, you shouldn't be because you will know a hell of a lot more about digital than the company CEO. True. It's really... Right. Yeah. This is going to send me off on another rant. If, why is the show so much longer? Do you know why it's so much longer? Because you engage with I'm, me and I'm listen. Actually, You're actually listening and listening. interacting. I'm looking at you and everything. Yeah, I know. See, at the moment, Marcus would be dribbling and, and snoring, right? So you actually understand right. this stuff. What would you rather? Should I just be quiet? No, it's great. I like it. I'm much more enjoying this. Okay. So, so what was I going to say? Yes. So interest. this is interesting, right? So you're being intimidated by talking to the CEO, yeah, right? Yeah. I went to talk to the European Commission. Oh, yes. In Belgium. That's intimidating. In a very intimidating room. But actually, they were all web professionals like me. Oh. And one of the things that came out, is somebody said the classic line of, oh, yeah, but Paul, they'll listen to you and take you seriously because you're the expert, right? <laughs> and, I, and I said to them, I said to them, what makes me more of an expert than you, right? Because... You could argue you're an expert because you're more qualified. Well, I'm not. Nobody had qualifications in web. You're an expert because you've been doing it longer. Yeah, but then everything has to be relearned every couple of years because it all changes, right? So that isn't a factor. So what makes me more of an expert than them? Absolutely nothing. Got a big mouth. Thank you. And confidence. Yeah, that's all it is. (laughs) You believe you're an expert, so you are. No, I don't believe I'm an expert. I project that I'm an expert. And That's I, what I mean, self belief, yeah. And I actually said to them, I'm sitting in this room, right? Because this was a massive room. This was the kind of room that you see on TV where, um, you, you know, when you have yeah, the yeah. translators, have all got headphones on, they've got little monitors in front of them, and there's lots of flags everywhere. Yeah. And, and <laughs> even I was Slovakia. That was well, the place I was sitting had the Slovakian name thingy right. in front of it. So it was really intimidating room. And I said to them, look, I feel like a little, I feel like a 14 year old boy sitting here, bullshitting it in front of the big, you know, big imposter players. Waiting to, syndrome. Imposter You're syndrome. You're a total imposter. Everyone has the imposter syndrome. In a room like that, I mean, you can blame anybody. Yeah, unless exactly. you get comfortable. Yeah. But to be honest, I think we all feel like that all of the time. And so this talking to the CEO shouldn't be that scary. 
No. I don't think. You need to overcome it, push through. You're as much an expert. It depends on your age, doesn't it? If you're like uh, a graduate, you're coming in all green. Mind you, graduates probably got the most confidence of anybody. Yeah, because they haven't been beaten down, <laughs> no. have they? No, but more than, perhaps lower in your team, you might feel a little bit intimidated by that kind of approach. Sure, okay. Then you start with lower level people and work yeah, your way up. Yeah. But it's this idea of setting up one-to-one discussions with people it could be over a coffee it doesn't need to be a big deal but it's a great opportunity to better understand your colleagues what their needs are and hopefully identify some opportunities where digital can help and and it's also a chance for them to learn more about digital Mm -hmm. and you to share some of your experiences and stuff and it's a good way of promoting yourself to the important people in your company (laughs) so if you found that one intimidating it's going to get slowly more and more (laughs) intimidating as this post goes on so another one is hold a workshop yes but this one you could get if you felt too intimidated to do that you can get outside people in yeah i'm available for a fee (laughs) lee will do them as well because he he loves standing up in front of people see i yeah running a workshop for yeah in in my own you've company. done that i have yeah no i'll kind of assist with the workshop i don't necessarily lead it mm, times you I you've led can. parts of one yeah i can now yeah um, but it's a bit intimidating See, it always with. amazes me because on the podcast you're like you're great you're really articulate and and very i'm surprised that you're intimidated by things like that to uh, be frank. i kind of become this clumsy oaf when i'm in front of a bunch of people and i can't operate my limbs and things and fall over yeah but we all have that problem <laughs> The worst is writing on a whiteboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I never want to do that because no. I know I can't actually... When I, can't, comes... I forget how to spell and, <laughs> yeah. and I can't use my arm anymore. <laughs> and also, do you ever have that really? moment? You feel like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. But it's the same scenario as when um, uh, an attractive girl is walking towards you and you lose the ability to walk. <laughs> You have yeah. that, right? It's sure? not just me. Please tell me that you... No, I know what you mean. You can't walk and you don't know where to look, really. Yeah. <laughs> you just, it's like, you kind of flail around. Oh, she knows I should want to look at her, but now I'm obviously looking somewhere else deliberately. Yeah. She knows I'm looking somewhere else deliberately. Yeah. Oh, I've walked into her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. So we all feel that. The only difference is, is I bluff it. I don't know if you noticed, when I have done workshops like wireframing, I've tended to do it on the computer on a projector. I See, actually find yeah. that much more... See, that that's easier. really weird. I would find that worse. Because I don't have to form letters. <laughs> I can press a button and there's a letter T or something. Yeah, but typing, watching someone that's type. That's difficult as well. But I've that's just, horrendous. I've had so much time with people watching me type. Yeah, I can do The that guy that I've got most respect for is... Um, oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Because oh, you've, res- you've got the most respect for him, but you can't remember. Who I can't remember. Bruce Lawson. Uh-huh. Thank you. Link in the show notes. Bruce Lawson works for um, Opera, I think. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, and he, um, he, I think he, he, he will, um, when he's speaking, he will do live coding. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I've it's seen. like, whoa. But also. Seb Lee Delisle as well. He does that. That's he does what? Live coding. Yeah. Very cool very scary <laughs> but the other thing with bruce now i'm going to get it wrong he's got some new, um uh i want to say motor neuron disease or something like that that causes really? his hands to shake uh-huh. and he live codes Ooh, it's yeah. like you are the maddest man in the world and he's really good as well i hate him he's a good speaker as well just to add insult to injury <laughs> never seen him damn him damn him and his talent so yes holding workshops workshops are a great way 
to explore the potential of digital within your organization. Um, and, you know, you can either be really broad and you can look at digital as a whole. You can focus on th- something like writing for the web or social media or whatever. And you can either run them yourself or you can get in a guest speaker if you lack the confidence. And you can have um, a buffet with like little... Buffet. You've got to have a buffet. Onion barges and... Food like, is the way. Samosas. It's yeah, so food. the yeah, way yeah. to get people to come to Pizza stuff. Pizza and beer. <laughs> but if you're feeling more <laughs> ambitious... You can throw a conference. <laughs> they did this at Strathclyde, University of yeah, Strathclyde. Yeah, Client yeah. there, yeah. Nicola, she she threw a conference and invited everyone in the organisation. There were breakout groups, multiple guest speakers. She didn't speak herself. Oh, right. she did do an introduction. Yeah. But beyond that, were you there? Uh, no, you told me that. Right. Yeah. Um, and... Um, yeah, but she, you know, so she just organised it. She didn't really, you know, she introduced, but basically other people did talk. And it was the best way I've ever come of getting the ho- uh, scene, of getting the whole organisation enthusiastic about digital. It was incredible. It was such an effective day. There were lots of speakers, lots of excitement. Um, and it worked out cheaper than running a series of workshops. So it was actually a really good, really effective Because you just stuff. had to get people to block out one day rather yeah. than different times. Absolutely. And, and it was all like, in one place. So, so it was one venue. You didn't have to get venue multiple times. Lots of food. Lots of food. There was food at lunch. Cool. Um, and it was just really... And she did a really interesting thing where she just set a date and then invited senior management. So she didn't try and fit it around anybody's calendar, uh-huh. right? Because you know what that's like. But actually, by just setting a date and doing it, people made a, made a big, you know, oh, oh, this is different. Oh, this is exciting. And so there were loads of senior management there who would have, if you'd asked them, oh, can, can you fit this into your calendar? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy to do that. But it was just because she just did it. What was the title of the conference? Was it a web transformation or something like that I right. think so I everyone remember. had a vested interest to be yeah. there in case they weren't there the, yeah, web web, the website went away they didn't know about yeah exactly <laughs> it was yeah. brilliant it was a master stroke Excellent. so running at the throne of conference and also of course agencies do that clear left yeah. run a conference yeah, yeah. deconstruct so it's a great way of you know not only educating their clients but also potentially bringing in more clients you know and why have we never done a conference because it's too much work <laughs> so it is because I'm just lazy is what it comes down to okay no, I'm giving all this advice, but you know, you know. we're not going to take it ourselves. <laughs> well, oh, come on! Yeah, yeah, right. right. We do all so those far, apart from conferences. We've done everyone except yeah. conference so far. So yeah. get off my back. No, I'm throwing conference would be brilliant, but yeah, it's a lot of work. Launch parties we don't do. Throwing so where you know, oh, right. where, you know a great way of generating buzz is when you do a piece of work like a new website yeah. or a new mobile app or something like that. Do a launch party. Yeah. Get a few beers in, some pizza, food again, the answer to all uh-huh. things, and celebrate. Um, and, and then invite people from across the whole organization, because those events are a great way of generating a bit buzz and talking about what you were doing and talking about what you're going to be doing next. And it's good for team morale. So, yeah, so there you good. go. Open usability sessions. Now, Steve Krug, he agrees with us about food. In his book, <laughs> yes, I remember Rocket yeah. Surgery Made yeah. Easy. Yeah. He talks about doing open usability sessions on the same day every month. And that what you do is have three people in in the morning that you test, but you invite anybody can come and watch those people going through the usability session. Off video, obviously, yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. it would be... In the room, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sorry, this whole row of people. Um, it's and, not a test. Yeah, yes, we're not testing <laughs> you. We're just watching you. Um, so you do three in the morning... Um, then over lunch, you all have pizza 
or whatever, food. And then you sit down and discuss what you saw this morning and how to implement it. Because nothing beats usability test sessions as a way of opening people's minds Mm. to what's really going on. actually see what's happening, yeah. And even, like, even for me, every time I go to a usability session, it's both depressing and (laughs) exhilarating. Really? People actually do that? I know. Wow. The one that always gets me, which always amazes me, is you say, okay, we want you to go to headscape.co.uk. So they go to Google and type in headscape.co.uk <laughs> and then select the first result. Yeah. It's just like, oh, oh, yeah, oh. that is how people do it. It is. Kids do that. I know. Yeah. Amazing. What about recording some videos? Because we're into videos. YouTube. I'm, I'm a YouTube, I was going to say celebrity, but I'm really not. <laughs> My like, highest video is how, like 300 views, except for the one I did on Evernote that's got 3,000. Ooh. But even so, so that's you're not going to start having adverts anytime soon. No, it's not really worth <laughs> that's it. That's good. That's an advantage then. That's a, I think that's so. positive. Yeah. Uh, so, but videos are a great way. I mean, we do screencasty videos, don't we, for uh-huh. clients? Yeah, yeah. Um, talking them through what we're doing rather than just showing them a design and saying, "What do you think?" Yeah. Um, I we, think they're brilliant because they're they're, great. I mean, they're better than phone calls as well because nobody can interrupt you. Because <laughs> whenever I talk through things yeah. on the phone. Within 30 seconds, somebody will stop me and then you just lose your train of thought. What yeah. was I saying? And exactly. you get back into it. And, and uh, it's just such a great way. And and the videos can be, you know, they they don't just need to be screencasty stuff. They yeah. could be interviews with people. They could, you yeah. know, there's all kinds of things. Yeah. And it really, even the videos that I'm doing, the screencast is dead simple. You just need Camtasia or ScreenFlow, links in the show notes to those. Yeah. Um, also uh, deadly deadly simple to do that it really is um and but if you want to do stuff to camera even that i mean i've got i'm using a my digital single lens reflex camera on a tripod i've got a light that cost me 30 quid and a lapel mic that cost me 20 quid i've do said you, this before do you I? record straight into the camera or onto the mac directly somehow i record onto the camera right. and the lapel mic is onto the mac Right, I mean, so I've got, and it, so I do a clappy together. thing at the beginning, so then I can sync the two. Is that because your camera hasn't got a mic input? Or? Yeah, right, it's okay. got no mic input, uh-huh. which is really annoying. Mm. I need a nicer camera, really. Nah, well, but you know, <laughs> it does, it does the job. <laughs> don't we all think we do? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then the last tip. This is like the longest segment ever, but I have to do all ten because otherwise right. I'll forget it. I'm um, not forget it. People get annoyed that it's only nine. They probably won't. To be fair. We're just waffling now. <laughs> so are. the final thing is always make sure you include your colleagues in your team. If you're working on a project for marketing, make sure somebody from marketing is sitting alongside you working. Um, they will watch, you know, watch what you do is one of the best ways for them to learn about how you do it. Um, as web professionals, I think we should never work in isolation, but we should always work hand in hand with our colleagues. And you've got to say, I know you're pulling faces because you're thinking about the work we did with Strathclyde and how, how hard work it was. Yeah. But it's good for them. Uh, they yes. did learn loads. You know, people learn loads from sitting alongside you. Yeah, so it's a good yeah. thing to do. Okay, well, this has gone far too long. We've probably done the whole podcast now. But... That was 30 minutes. <gasps> So again, I hope it's recorded. Yes, attention. So we're not going to make this bit too long. This is going to be shorter. We're going to stay on topic. (laughs) We're going to get it done. We're going to move through it, move on. Go, Paul, go. Right, go. So the question is, so we're doing all this educating. 
But what are we educating people about, Lee? Absolutely. What are we teaching them? I've no idea. No, what are we, we teaching them? You have, you've watched my videos. You should I know. have. I've completely I'm sure you can what... remember every part of it. Uh, no, completely no. in my mind. Okay. So I think, I, I, I mean, obviously, there's loads of stuff you can potentially educate. But I wanted to highlight five things. Because everything has to be a numbered list these days. Because I'm, I'm doing link bait. <laughs> so... Five things that I think you need to you need to look at. First is we need to teach people that digital is about more than marketing. Right. I've written about this before, link in the show notes, but digital is almost is so often in, in thought of as just another marketing medium, another mm. channel to use. Mm. And I think so many organizations fail to grasp it, the wider potential for customer support, product development, supply chain management, productivity improvement, etc., etc. Mm. Um, so as web professionals, we need to introduce our colleagues and management to these wider potentials. We need to show them things like the fact that you can use um, alternative working practices, you know, that you know, remote working and not the nine to five and all these things that the digital provide possibilities there or the possibility of getting customer feedback through tools like Get It Satisfaction or the collaborative potential of apps like Basecamp or the insights offered by user testing services like usertesting.com. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these things that the, that the web can offer that's or more than just marketing. Even something as basic as being able to sell things. Yes. <laughs> Yes, actually selling things online. That's <laughs> yeah. a radical idea. So we need to talk about that. The second thing is that we need to talk about that we need to focus on our objectives and not the tool. Um, I think sometimes there's within within um, organizations now, there's this kind of, oh, yes, we need to do all this digital thing. Yes, digital. Yes, we're Facebook. We've got, Facebook's come along. We need to do that. You know, ultimately, digital is a set of tools that we can um, draw upon to achieve business aims. And we shouldn't be focusing on the tool so much as the business aim that we're looking to do. So, for example, if we wish to collaborate with customers to work out how our products or services could evolve and improve, then we might use a tool like Get Satisfaction or a tool like Facebook. What we shouldn't be doing is saying, oh, there's this thing called Facebook or there's this thing called Get Satisfaction. That looks cool. What can we do with them? Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. cool. Um, we also have a habit of turning to technology as the answer for company woes, expecting them to solve everything, which they rarely does. So, for example, content management systems. Many companies have spent a lot of money on content management systems only to discover that they solve some problems and create others. We need to teach people um, and teach our colleagues that they need a more mature approach to digital, one that includes digital as part of a broader strategy to ad- address certain business objectives rather than being a mean, you know, a, a thing in its own right, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Next up, I think we need to be teaching our um, colleagues that and clients that digital has empowered customers. Um, what I mean by that is it's um, given them unprecedented amounts of choice, which they wouldn't have had in the pre-digital era. And it's given them a far greater reach to share their good and bad experiences. Mm. So that means you have to, the result of that is you have to offer outstanding customer service. And that's a like cornerstone of the digital age. I remember this bit now. You remember yeah, this bit, yeah, do you? Yeah. That's I good. like this bit. It's, it's, good. it's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. because people now can complain not just to their friends they can't just moan to their friends they're moaning to everyone the whole world and it can become news yes (laughs) it can very easily um so 
that means that the bar has been raised in terms of the customer service that we've got to offer. And I think many companies um, need to learn that where once it was safe just to offer a great product, now you've got to provide the customer support that goes with that. You know, so if there is a problem, you've got to be in there fixing it. But it's going to get worse as well. I mean, we're all kind of learning that if you tweet a product name or something or a company name, they get back to you. you Yeah. Well, but... As everybody realizes that, they're just going to get bombarded. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. Tweet a second about, oh, oh, oh. It's yeah. a big, big change. And everyone expects a comeback as well. They want, yeah. They want a nice, happy tweet back. Yes. yes we'll fix it now. Yes. Instant <laughs> gratification and satisfaction. Yeah. 24 that, hours a day. Where's all that going? I know. It's all going to end badly. Uh, the other thing is that, uh, that we need to teach a lot of organizations is that digital has lowered the barrier to entry. Not long ago, we lived in a world where, for example, to be a journalist, you needed to employ a media outlet or to be a professional musician, you had to be signed to a record label or to be an author, you required a publisher. Mm. But those days are gone now and digital has lowered the barriers to entry in these professions. Anyone can perform, write or report the news uh, with no need of a gatekeeper. But what I think is quite scary is the number of areas where the barrier to entry is falling is growing daily. So, for example, once you needed, if you wanted to set up a new business, you have to get a bank loan or you'd have to get a venture capital fund funding. Now there's things like Kickstarter. So yeah, funding yeah. is becoming less of an yeah. issue. And then we've got, you know, say if you wanted to distribute your product um, you'd have to have a warehouse and you'd have mm. to, you know, uh, have all of that mechanism in place. Now you can just use Amazon to distribute your products. Yeah. So and soon you'll be making your own products with 3D printers. Exactly. Cottage industries, everything in one place and distributed. And, I know. Uh, it's amazing, really. Yeah, it is. Um, so there's so much that's changing in terms of the barrier to entry that mm. I think not all organizations are aware of it as they should be mm-hmm. um the final one i wanted to mention is that digital requires flexibility and speed there goes a the motorbike bye-bye mr motorbike per- perky little we used to have tractors now we have motorbikes how <laughs> things <life>. change <laughs> um probably the biggest reason companies struggle to adapt to digital is the rate and nature of change so digital change is so fast um, and it's so unpredictable these days as well. You're not quite sure what's going to succeed <laughs> and what. There's no so many different things flying around. Yeah. And that's why the final lesson I think we need to teach our organizations is the need to be more flexible. Many traditional businesses um, uh, just move too slowly mm-hmm. in, in today's world, and, we, and they struggle to adapt to the latest innovation because it takes them by surprise and they can't adapt quickly enough. Um, and we've seen this again and again. Now, look at blockbusters. They went yeah. redundant. Oh, oh, Netflix streaming yeah. video. Oh, What's but that then? here, come into our shop and buy a disc and, yeah. then, and then forget to return it and get fined, you know. And that ground just moved under them, you um, know. And it seems ridiculous now. People would drive to a building. Yeah. Get a box. Look at the boxes for ages. And, and Take it to a counter. And the stupid thing is blockbusters had time to adapt. Yeah. They could have done it. But they were like, this is our business model. We're not going to change. Another great example, right? Music retailers, HMV, Tower Records, Napster came along, right? Mm -hmm. They managed to sue Napster out of existence. So they had time. There was a gap between Napster going under. Hang on, there might be something in this. (laughs) Yeah. And they should have gone. Stamp it out. Yeah. So they had an opportunity to set, but they didn't. 
And so Apple came along, and mm. you know, and they 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 went out of business too slow. Yeah, speed is everything. I'm telling you, it's all about speed. So there we go. So that's that's all I want. There were my five things. I mean, there's loads more, yeah. obviously, but those were five things that that I would really want us as digital professionals to be teaching either our clients or our colleagues or whoever else our management yeah and it's for us to kind of keep our eye on the digital side of things but i guess all these businesses they're all doing the same well they should be doing the same for whatever sphere they're in as well they must yeah. be looking at i don't know what other i don't know bakeries are doing with types of flour but they must be looking at yeah the, the bigger picture as well not just their little kind of specific markety bits um, you'd think so you'd think so <laughs> but i'm not sure i it's a trouble like, with the head of blockbusters looking at the latest box designs and not probably <laughs> yeah looking at the wrong thing yeah, just the focus was in the wrong place absolutely yeah. uh, it's, it, it's difficult it's a and i think well the other thing i think that happens and we even find this running headscape that you become so entrenched in the tactical day-to-day stuff oh, this client needs the website delivered by this date or you know or in blockbusters case you know oh we've got these distribution problems or this or that or the other that you're not ever stepping back and looking at what's going on in the bigger world i guess that's because most companies they can so optimized i.e., trying to employ as few people as possible yeah to, to, to streamline everything for costs that no one's got the time they're all too Absolutely. busy doing the job so and only the privileged people at the top who are probably more interested in doing other things yes <laughs> but even that even that kind of idea of optimizing stuff i think is really even that's dying out if you think about it that kind of optimization stuff mm. you know of, of we need to be more efficient mm. etc really is a kind of industrial model yeah. right yeah. so it works on the model of um we have something to produce um that has you know is a physical tangible good that um if we get it wrong if something goes wrong with the production line then you know it costs us a fortune Mm -hmm. um or it's we've got all these low skilled workers that we need very simple you know turn the handle kind of standard operating procedures and if we want to make more money we either have to squeeze more money out of the client or become more efficient but in the kind of digital world and the digital model actually now the means of production the barrier is going down um so you can make mistakes you can experiment more you can try new things you get instant feedback from the customer in ways you don't so Mm -hmm. actually the whole kind of trying to be more and more efficient i don't think is the right model anymore we need to be smarter and i think to be smarter sometimes that means giving people more time you know more space to think strategically yeah so I think it's interesting. Some interesting things going on. Anyway, that is quite enough of that. Um, so joke. Get it, okay? I was. I, I'm not going to do a joke. I'm not going to do a joke. <laughs> you but couldn't I, even read a one-liner out. Well, I could have, <laughs> but I want to refer you instead to Netflix. Right. What are you can do? Link in the show notes. <laughs> no, no. People can go and look this up themselves. Oh, if you've got okay. Netflix, go and look up Michael McIntyre, who um, and it's Showtime, right? right. So he does this whole segment i really someone i i was pretty sure someone must have put this on youtube but it's there's loads of michael mcintyre but there isn't this segment (laughs) in showtime and it's a real shame and it's so funny he goes through essentially he goes through every bad usability thing on websites it's all about booking online right and he's talking about people booking tickets for a show online Uh and he talks about capture Right. And, and what a nightmare <laughs> capture is 
and he talks about um, when you fill it, you fill in the password and it tells you that your password is weak. Yes. You know, and all of that. Oh, no, your, your password's not good enough. Uh-huh. He talks about, you know, where you fill in a form and then you haven't done it right. Uh-huh. All the kind of usability challenges that we face yeah. It, yeah. in Michael McIntyre yeah. form. It's so funny. And suddenly it all seems completely ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> Everything, our whole Which job is. is ridiculous. All those things we do, ridiculous. <laughs> and patronizing. That yeah. was the thing that really came across that I took away from it. Yeah. I mean, he's been funny, I can obviously. imagine him saying it. But, you know, it's the fact his password, he's had the same password forever. And it's his children's names, right? So when he types his children's names and he's told that his children's names are weak, it's like he finds that deeply insulting, you know, and, and things like you know, having to enter your email address twice. I know my email address. You know, I'm, why do I have to write it twice? I'm confident I can type it in. Yes. If you didn't put it in stars, I'd be able to see I did it properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. All of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it's very funny. Very funny. So check that out. What's it called? Michael McIntyre Showtime. Showtime. And it's on, on Netflix. So if you don't have Netflix, you'll have to get it. You can get a 30-day free trial. You can. Which I, I'm, suddenly we're advertising Netflix. <laughs> Give me money, Netflix. <laughs> So yes, um. So that's it. That's it for season eight. We're oh, done. Right. That's oh, okay. the. You are the final hurrah. Can of I season get the eight. final word? Yeah. No, okay. because we need to say. Well, you can have the final word, <laughs> but we need to do a couple of things first. Okay. First of all, season nine. Right. When you talk about season nine, what are you doing? Season nine's back on the seventeenth of April, so there's now going to be a gap Ooh. of three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Right. Um, and uh, where we're going to take a break because we always have a break between seasons. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. <laughs> Just so I can put my feet up, pretend I care about the podcast again. You're pre- season preparing material for the new season. Partly, you? yes. Yeah. Because season nine is going to be people and projects. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to do two parts of each episode. Um, well, part one is going to be people we're, where we're interviewing. Oh, interviews, okay. Yeah, we're interviewing people that run websites not uh, famous web yeah, designers yeah, 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 yeah. you know that, not jeremy keith and andy clark and all those people. there's enough people doing that enough people doing that already yeah, yeah. i'm interviewing people you've probably never heard well you you won't have heard of you may have heard of some of the brand names mm-hmm. but we're going to interview people that actually run the websites what challenges they face what they look for when they're hiring a web designer um, the you know the day to day issues that are around running a website. So I'm quite excited about That's that. That's a nice idea. So you can just what, in, ask the head of Coca Cola's web team or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't got the head of Coca Cola. No, no. We, you know, and it's, invite yourself in for an interview. Yeah. <laughs> Would you be interested? It, in being it, in? It's yeah. a huge range of companies. So we've got yeah. some big names, um, but then we've got some really little ones as well that are like one person running a site by themselves. So it's going to be a whole cross section of stuff. That'll be so really interesting. I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. A bloody lot of interviews, mine. I've got like 15 lined up at wow. the moment. Right. Um, so we're going to do that in one half of the show. Then the other half of the show, we're going to showcase projects, right? So this half is for, for the web designers in mm-hmm. the room, right, that listen right. to the show. And if they've worked on a project and they're really proud of something they've done on the project, um, they can send it in. They send the URL in. I'll go and have a look at it. I'll, they, they answer a few questions. So they fill in like a survey thing. I'll go and have a look at it. If I think it's really good and really interesting and something good about it, we're going to talk about it on the show. That's nice too. I so know. Talk about all the good bits of it. So if you, I've got enough podcast interviews. I'm sorry, I cannot do any more <laughs> at the moment. 
But if you are a web designer and have got a project you'd like featured, go to boagworld.com forward slash featured dash projects. And there'll be a link in the show notes to that. And there's just a few questions. won't take very long um, that you can fill in that tells me a little bit about the project. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't mind one or two like webby appy to things, but bear in mind, I'm more interested in kind of client work where you've done work for a client. Yeah. Um, so bear in mind that you're more likely to get on the show if you've got that kind of thing than if you've got a webby appy thing. Mm-hmm. I can't promise I'm going to include everybody because already I've only put out a tweet and already yeah. I've got like 11 of these things. <laughs> um, but I, I'm really keen for people to put stuff in because I want the absolute best but i think that's gonna be a good season it really is Um, yeah probably quite educational as well to see what is actually being done what new trends coming along and yeah yeah Yeah. because i must admit because i'm doing more and more of the kind of consultancy business strategy side of stuff i'm feeling a little bit removed Mm. from some of that kind of stuff so what seeing people's featured projects Mm. and the kind of cool little things that they've done yeah what problems they've had to solve yeah they've done it yeah i think it'd be really interesting so that's gonna be good i'm really excited about that so that is the last thing I want to say so it's over to Lee to say something profound to finish season 8 goodbye thank you for listening (laughs) (laughs) that's it (laughs) I think it's lucky enough